Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Well, hello and welcome to our A's Farm podcast. I'm your host, AthleticsFarm.com Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty. And today, we're going to be talking with longtime A's Special Assistant, Grady Fuson. He's the A's former scouting director. He's known as one of the top talent evaluators in the game, and he's also deeply involved in the A's player development system. So now that we're about a month into the minor league season, we wanted to check in with Grady and get his take on the development of some of the A's top prospects. Hey, thanks for joining me today, Grady. Good to be with you, Billy. So, uh, you know, it seems like a lot of the A's prospects at this point in time are there at AA Midland, and I know you're at AA Midland uh, right now, too, so I wanted to start out by asking you about a bunch of the the A's top prospects who are there right now, and I think a couple of the most exciting players who are at Midland at this point are outfielders Lawrence Butler and Denzel Clark. You know, they both had good spring trainings. I think they put themselves on the on the radar for a lot of A's fans anyway who, who are now aware of them and what they bring to the table. But I'm curious to know from your point of view what you've seen out of Lawrence Butler, what you've seen out of Denzel Clark, and what you project for those two guys going forward in the future. Well, certainly with Butler, we're seeing, you know, some maturity every year he comes to camp. Uh, his body gets better. Um, he's getting stronger and physical. He's learning the strike zone better. Obviously, he is the talk of the town right now in Midland, the way he's performed at big league camp and the way he's kicked it off here. He's been very aggressive attacking strikes. If he's making an out, it's a hard bullet somewhere. Um, he's a tick faster running. He's become a little bit better outfielder. Um, so all the things that, you know, you kind of project when he's young are starting to come to fruition and he's putting up some kind of month so far. So hopefully he keeps, keeps it up. Denzel's a kind of a different type character, you know, obviously very quick twitch, physical athlete with speed and power with, unique moves to his approach. Uh, but he caught fire last week. He had the best week of anybody in baseball, I think, <laughs> his first, first week in Midland. So, you know, he's going to continue to learn and try to fortify that approach a little bit, but playing well. 
Yeah, I think uh, Denzel had four home runs in his first four games or something, if I'm correct. He was well, yeah, leading the club at homers in one week. <laughs> he was named the Texas League Player of the Week in his first week back in action after coming off the IL. Is there anything in particular with both or either of those guys that you see that, that sort of is the thing right now that maybe they need to focus on to, to sort of get over the hump and get themselves to be able to be competitive and successful at that next level? Well, Butler over the years has certainly been about trying to calm down the monster swings, uh, but at the same time trying to to build some more balance, some pitch selectivity, at the same time still being aggressive and letting that thing fly. Uh, the biggest thing that I've seen since spring training and even here now is the improvement in his two-strike approach. Uh, he is you know, he's, he's changing his setup with two strikes. He's got his head buried in the strike zone, and he's he's spot on with what he's getting after and what he's what he's taking. So those are big steps for Lawrence. With, uh, you know, with Denzel, it's just about his whole thing is about timing because he's got very unique moves. He's got the, the heel, the front heel way up in the air, tries to get it down. Uh, so it's all about getting his timing moves uh, just synced up a little bit better. Uh, well, you know, another uh, very interesting young player there at Midland this year is uh, shortstop Daryl Hernias, who the A's acquired from the Orioles in the Cole mm-hmm. Irvin deal. And uh, I think he's still just 21 years old. He might be one of the youngest uh, players on that team there. And this is his first season in the A's organization. So I'm curious to know what you've seen out of him and, and how the future looks uh, for uh, for Hernias going forward. Uh, a lot of improvement since we first put our eyes on him in spring training. He didn't quite look shortstop-ish. Uh, the arm was kind of bugging him a little bit, and he hid that, so we couldn't really tell. Uh, the arm, his his technique, his footwork was a little bit, you know, suspicious for what we teach, but um, it, it does come off as bad hot when he's balanced and he gets good pitches to hit. Like you said, he's just 21, but Bobby Crosby's done a, you know, we all know Bobby's a very good infield coach and he's done a great job uh, just in the month he's had him about working on technique, first step, footwork, and he's looking much improved right now. I don't know long-term how the arm plays itself out, especially when you use comparisons of a Jeremy Ironman or Logan Davidson or Nick Allens that have all come through here. Um, but uh, for a young player, he's he's got strength that comes off hot. Um, he's got decent hands. Uh, whether he ends up at short or second when it's all said and done, that's still to play itself out. Yeah, well, like we mentioned, he's still quite young, so there's still uh, still plenty of time for him and uh, for everyone to figure out uh, how his future is going to play out. A guy who's been in the A system for a good while now, um, it's been a long and winding road for Lazaro Armenteris, and uh, he was finally just recently promoted to AA Midland. I'm curious where you feel we're out at with uh, Lazaro uh what stage of the game is he at at this point? What's the future hold for him? Uh, tell tell me something about our friend Lazarito. Well, I, I don't think that there's a lot changed. I mean, we all know how physical he is and how well he runs, and uh, you know, there's 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 raw power in there, 
Um, he's taken advantage of a Stockton ballpark and a Lansing ballpark because his biggest bolts still can continue to be to like right center because he's very much inside the baseball. Uh, he still hasn't, you know, addressed or gotten better with getting the head out and backspinning balls to the pull side of the field. But like Laz does, he goes through a two-week funk, and then he goes through a one-week, you know, monster week, puts himself back on the map. And so when you look at, you know, when he started out in Lansing, he had a rough couple weeks, and then all of a sudden put 10, 15, 20 at-bats together that were of quality. And, you know, there's just times you get you just got to try and keep a guy moving, see if he can accept the next challenge. So right. that's where we're at with Laz. And, uh, you know, uh, there's a guy there at Midland who I feel that doesn't get uh, enough attention who I really like, and that's third baseman Brett Harris. You know, it seems like he does a good job kind of, you know, all around, has a good batting average, uh, gets on base, has a little pop, plays some defense. And uh, I was really hoping that uh, we'd uh, get a chance to see him at uh, AAA Vegas by this stage of the game, but he's been a little blocked, so he's still there at uh, Midland, probably been the best all-around hitter there this season. But can you tell me what your impressions are about Brett Harris and how you see his future going forward? Well, I'm glad you brought him up. He's the most underrated, under-discussed player we have here, and he's he's a baseball player with decent skills, instincts. Uh, he plays the game the right way. He uses the whole field. He's disciplined. He's got a little thump. Um uh, you know, he puts up numbers wherever he goes. He's doing it again now. Um, so I'm glad you brought him up because he's a good player. He's a good person. Um, you know, his skills don't just wow you. But when you watch this guy play the game every on an everyday basis, this this guy's a complete package. He, he defends. He's, he's instinctual. He knows the game. He puts the ball in play, hits doubles, occasional homers, uh, gives you good A-Bs, you know, four or five nights a game four or five times a game. Well, hopefully we'll get a chance to, to, to see him in Vegas before too terribly long anyway. So. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it sounds like we're on the same page uh, on that anyway. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> let me ask you about a few pitchers there at Midland. It seems like most of the uh, most promising arms there, uh, one way or another, came over from Atlanta uh, in, in one deal or another. And I wanted to start out by asking about Ryan Cusick. You know, he had a bit of a rough go of it last year there at Midland. He's back there this year. But uh, right now I believe he's in the top five in ERA in the Texas League. I know he's still uh, walking a few too many guys, still has some control issues. But it seems like he's made some improvements this year so far. But I'm curious to get your impressions of where uh, Ryan Cusick is at at this stage of the season. Well, good timing because he just had his all-time best professional uh, appearance last night. He was as good as I've seen him. Uh, uh, he landed his slider much, much better. Uh, got swings and misses on it. Instead of using the top of the zone and trying to throw 98, he used the entire strike zone from the bottom to the middle to the top. He's uh, kind of let off on the gas pedal a little bit. Instead of throwing 98, having no clue, he's throwing 95s and having a little bit more feel for what he's doing. Um, didn't use his changeup much, which has been the, you know, the calling card for most of the starting pitchers that we try to uh, develop is shoving that changeup. 
that really hasn't come. But as far as just commanding the baseball, being efficient, uh, looking confident all the way through last night, uh, it was a major step in the right direction. Yeah, I think he uh, allowed just one hit in over six and a third scoreless innings. So that's always good to see. That that definitely looks like progress most of the time. Um, uh, Another guy who came over in the uh, Matt Olson deal, who you don't hear quite so much about, is right-hander Joey Estes. You know, he's still quite young as well. And he had a, a pretty solid season in Lansing last year. He got off to a good start there in Midland. I think his last start was a little a little shaky, but seems like he got off to a pretty good start there in Double A. Uh, but I'm curious uh, your impressions of a young right-hander Joey Estes. Yeah, Joey's got good stuff. You know, he's he's up to 95. He he can sink it when he's on. He's got a decent slider, good changeup. Uh, he get you know he just he's behind the baseball this year much better than he was last year. I thought last year he, because of his slot and his hand finish that, you know, he had a lot of balls that unintentionally moved uh, out of the strike zone when he wasn't trying to, just because of that slot. This year he's, he's behind the baseball much better. He's leveraging the baseball. Um, the other night he just, he just had a different game plan and it didn't quite work out. He, he threw like 12 straight fastballs to start the game off and he got the first two guys out, no problem. But I, you know, I talked to him about it. I said, how come he didn't come back with a breaker? Just show him a breaker or a changeup so that get, it gets him off your fastball and then go back to it. Uh, but that got him in trouble with a couple of walks and a, and a base hit. And then the next inning gave up the Homer, but Joey goes again, uh, uh, Sunday. So I'll get a chance to see him twice on this trip. But uh, Joey is starter-esque. And again, like you said, he's another young one. He's only 21. Yeah, no, I mean, it's amazing. I was thinking he was young, and I went to look up his age the other day, and I was like, wow, he's still 21. I mean, he really uh, seems to have a pretty good idea of what he's doing out there on the mound most of the time for for a guy that young. Uh, a lot of times at that age, uh, they, sometimes they seem a little clueless out there as to, as to yeah, what the no, plan he- is. <laughs> He's got some maturity as far as, you know, pitching IQ and the things he knows he needs to do. Uh, Well, uh, you know, another intriguing arm there at Midland who uh, came over from Atlanta in the Sean Murphy deal, and he seems to be a guy who's uh, sort of the least mentioned as part of that package, is right-hander Roiber Salinas. And uh, he's gotten off to a good start there in Midland. And uh, I know he's leading all A's minor league pitchers in strikeouts this year. I think he's been striking out about a a guy and a half per inning uh, so far in the early going. Uh, but uh, tell me what you've seen out of Roy Bersalina since he's joined the system. Uh, you know, not a whole lot because basically he was touch and feel stuff and he came late to camp. But I did see him a couple of times. There's big stuff in there. Obviously, we're starting to determine how well this guy pitches. He goes tonight. I think he's second in the league in strikeouts here. He's striking guys out pretty good. Um, everything I've heard from, uh, you know, Chris Smith and 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 Bobby is, is all positive, so I'm looking forward to seeing him tonight. And, uh, by the way, that's uh, former ace pitcher Chris Smith, who is the uh, pitching coach 
at Midland this season. Got a couple of former A's there with him and, and Bobby Crosby uh, on the staff. Uh, and a final guy I wanted to ask you about there at Midland is JT Ginn. You know, he's definitely had some injury issues since joining the system. I know he's back on the IL again. I don't know if you had a chance to see him pitch at all early on or uh, know much about uh, his status at this stage of the game, but I'm curious to ask you where uh, JT Ginn's at at this point. Yeah, besides last year, the fall league, spring training, uh, you know, he's been pretty good, but once again, something's barking in his shoulder, elbow area. Um uh, and he just, you know, he's he just he hasn't been very good here so far this season. Maybe that's because of the uh, the feeling that he has. But anyways, he's he's back in Arizona, and they're taking a look at him and trying to figure out what's going on. Well, hopefully we'll see him back before too terribly long. Well, let's, let's take a look at Las Vegas. You know, the big club, as as we all know. Could use a little help, and uh, I think there's a number of guys down there at Vegas that folks look to uh, as guys who are going to be a part of the A's future for a good while to come, and and possibly a part of the near future. And uh, the first guy I was going to ask you about there is a guy who's gotten off to a tremendous start in AAA, and he just got called up the other day and had a chance to make his Major League debut for the A's, and that's outfielder J.J. Blade. He's a former uh, first-round draft pick. I know he struggled a bit in his big league time with Miami last year, but I'm curious what you've seen out of him and and what you imagine for his potential as a major leaguer going forward. Well, we're certainly counting on J.J. being a part of the future. I mean, there's a lot of upside there. If we can get the the overall hitting prowess intact, there's power, there's defensive ability. Um, so, you know, he went down to AAA, had an okay camp, wasn't in there long, long time. Uh, came down to minor league camp about halfway through. Uh, good guy. Uh, didn't phase him that he got sent out. Came down with a great attitude. Uh, you know, went to Vegas, has performed in the first month, which has created this opportunity for him when they, you know, brought him up and sent the cable down. So, you know, as a young player coming to the big leagues, it's just, you know, development as needed and uh, see where this guy goes. Uh, what do you think was the, you know, the cause for his struggles in Miami last year? Because, you know, he, he's obviously a, a, a very skilled player, but he did have some real struggles when he had a chance in the major leagues the last year. And and mm. what, whatever his his issues were, do you think they're uh, they're fixable or they've been fixed? Well, it's hard to tell because we weren't around him in Miami. But, you know, when you talk to him, they, he he was told they thought he was too patient, letting too many good pitches to hit go by. Um, I don't know if that's the real issue or not. He is a fairly patient, uh, selective type hitter. So it's it's just all about that balance as you get closer to the big leagues about, you know, being in a position to attack good pitches and, being in a position to check off and, and say no. So, you know, I'm not sure he's just not going through growing pains that all young players in the big leagues go through. Right. Well, I thought it was good to see that he was leading uh, Vegas in, in walks and he wasn't uh, striking out too much. He had more walks than strikeouts. And, uh, you know, generally that, that seems like a pretty good sign to me anyways. So. Yeah, it's a <laughs> Good trait to have. <laughs> uh, now, you know, a guy at Vegas that everyone's always curious to hear about is your former first-round pick, 
Tyler Soderstrom. He's been playing uh, first base and catching there, splitting time between the two. Uh, he's uh, continued to show uh, pop, some power there, a lot of extra base hits he's racked up in the early going. Still very young as well. He will, at some point, obviously be a part of the A's future. But I'm curious to see where you feel he's at at this point and also how you feel about uh, his development uh, defensively at both positions as well. He, uh, he continues to get better behind the plate not only receiving, but, but growing up and learning how to control the pitching staff. He's throwing well. Uh, for the most part, he's been solid offensively. He's had some highs and, and some lows, which he's going to have because there's times where he sees it really well and just squares it up all over the place. And then there's times where he kind of just starts turning into a hacker a little bit. And that's that's still the growing a growing part of him as a hitter, but as far as ability and talent uh, for his age and what he's doing, uh, I think we're definitely still, make, you know, really good in a position to be on track. What kind of a hitter do you foresee him being in the major leagues, and uh, how does he profile to you? And how close uh, do you think he is to being able to uh, to seize that opportunity? Um, I don't think he's that far away. It could be a year from now. It could be a September call-up. We just, you don't ever know. It's just, you know, it goes kind of by the needs of the club and where he's at. But when it's all said and done, he should be a a, a fairly decent average hitter use, using the whole field. A lot of thunder to the pull side. A lot of thunder to the middle of the ballpark. Um, but it's just about getting those at-bats to be more consistent throughout the week, uh, uh, you know, like most kids. Right. Well, I think, you know, another guy there at Vegas that we can very easily foresee as being a part of the A's future is uh, second baseman Zach Geloff. Uh, he's a former second-round pick. And, uh, again, kind of like uh, Brett Harris in a sense, you know, a guy who, who can bring a lot of things to the table. You know, he's got, a, he's got a good batting average. He's been getting on base like crazy there in Vegas, has a little pop, has a little speed, can play a little defense. Uh, where do you feel Zach Geloff's at at this uh, stage of the game, and what do you see his future looking like? Well, he's, he's right where he needs to be. you got to remember he's kind of come quick. Um you know, he's had some he's had some highs and he's had some lows, but he's been very, very consistent so far this first month in triple A on all phases of the game. Um he hasn't hit the ball out as much as maybe he will as the season keeps going, especially in a place like Vegas. But uh I, there's nobody that has any worries about Zach. He's playing well. Yeah, no, I mean, he seems to be pretty solid all, all, all around. I'm sure we'll get a chance to see him before too terribly long in Oakland. You know, two of the most interesting arms there at Vegas are Luis Medina and Hogan Harris. Now, both of them, you know, have the stuff, but they've both got some real control issues, and, and we've seen that uh, play out as well. But I think, you know, if you're just looking at intriguing arms there at Vegas right now, those guys would have to be near the top of the list. But I'm curious what you've seen out of them, where you feel they're at. What do you think these guys need to do? You know, I know sometimes, like we talked about uh, Ryan mm -hmm. Cusick, sometimes velocity isn't everything. And sometimes, you know, if you if you dial it down a notch, you might have a little better better sense of where it's going to end up. But anyway, I'm curious to get your perspective on those two guys. 
Well, Hogan especially, he's just he's got to get better with his fastball command. That's what that's what gets him in trouble nine times out of ten. He's got a good breaker. Uh, he's got a good changeup. He lands those pitches a lot better than he lands his fastball. He's got some crooked moves when he's when he's trying to overthrow the fastball, and I, it, it just it hinders the repeatability of his delivery. And he he gets in d- deeper counts and hitters counts and places that you just want don't want to live. Uh, the same with Medina, younger guy. I mean, you know, certainly power stuff. You know, this guy I've seen him touch a hundred. Uh, he pitched at ninety six yesterday in Sacramento. He's got a good. He's got stuff. It's just about repeating and and uh, you know your your command is is a byproduct of, of your delivery and how much you can repeat and have some direction and be online so that I so that you can locate and uh, you know both these guys are going through this you know Hogan to me has been a little bit more stubborn about it just because I guess I know him longer and we've talked about these things over and over and over but. Um, if he ever gets that cleaned up, he's got a chance to be good. Yeah, well, it'd certainly be good to see those guys and make the improvements they need to make because they've certainly got the stuff anyway. By the way, how good is it to see Mason Miller doing what, what he's been able to do at the major league level after such a brief time in the in the system with you guys? Yeah, it's pretty cool. A guy gets one win in his minor league career and goes to the big leagues and throws seven innings of no-hit baseball. It's pretty special. <laughs> It was just good to see him land his breaking ball the other night. Uh, you know, the other games that I've seen on TV, he's throwing hard. He's had command with his fastball, but he just he hasn't been able to throw his, you know, his slider for quality strikes when needed. Uh, the other night was much better. Yeah, well, it certainly seems if he's if he's going to be able to continue to do that, he's he's going to be pretty unhittable. It looks like. <laughs> uh, uh, let's talk. Uh, we 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 need some unhittable guys. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, five would be great, but I think at this point we'll settle for two. Um, so <laughs> I'll take ten. We need ten. <laughs> all righty, deal. Uh, all right, let's talk about uh, a few guys uh, down at uh, High A Lansing. And I want to start out with your uh, last year's first-round draft pick, uh, catcher Daniel Susak. Uh, you know, he's shown a little a little pop there in the early going, which is good. Uh, like I said, he was just drafted this year, so this is, you know, going to be his first chance to get a full season under his belt. Uh, but what have you seen out of uh, last year's top draft pick, uh, Daniel Susak, so far? Uh, pretty much as advertised. I mean, obviously, we all know he's a bigger man, uh, but he's got some moves behind the plate that, uh, the size does not uh, affect him at all. He's got a good arm. He throws from his knees very well. Uh, from a hitting standpoint, we haven't done a lot with him. We 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 tinkered with a few things in in instructional league to see if we can get him in a better position against off speed. Uh, but he leaks a little bit. He's a drifter. Uh, his swing can get long. Um, and he gets exposed by some breaking balls, but that's a learning curve that pretty much everybody goes through when they first get going. But there's 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 real power in there, and and he's off and running here, and so far in his his first full year. Yeah, it's just good to see he's been getting a lot of uh, doubles, a lot of extra base hits anyway, so we can see that that pop is there. Um, another former first round draft pick of yours at Lansing is shortstop Max Muncie. 
He's back there uh, for the second season. And uh, he got off to a good start early in the year. Seems like he's cooled off a bit lately. I know uh, he's always uh, had a tendency to uh, strike out a bit much. Um, but uh, still, again, a very young guy. Uh, can you tell me where you feel Max Muncy's at at this stage of the game? Uh, well, he's going back there for his first full season in high A. Last year he went up for about half the year. Um, he's in a good spot. He's an aggressive, hyper uh, athletic, physical guy that plays the game with his hair on fire. And it's just about learning, you know, a pace for the game, how to slow himself down, how to slow the game down, um, how to mentally prepare in between pitches during his at-bats. He's got a little Soderstrom in him where, you know, he gives you three or four good quality at-bats. And then you know, all of a sudden he gets like, some spastic brain thing and he starts swinging at everything throwing up there four <laughs> pad by bats and you're just kind of going who are you but don't do not question the talent uh the talent is there there's physicality there's tools there's speed uh there's strength uh, you know he's he's just another young kid that's uh trying to improve himself every day he comes to work so it's, you know, growing up, maturity. You know, I've always said if I can talk to these guys five, six years from now, you wouldn't believe what they sound like compared to when they're 18, 19, 20, 21. So, <laughs> you know, that's what the minor leagues provide. Oh. Provides this opportunity to to kind of gather yourself and just grow in the game a little bit and mature and see where it ends up. Well, that's what I say. Hopefully, if you're doing it right, it's a it's a maturing experience. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, another guy there at Lansing that uh, honestly I really hadn't paid much attention to before this season was uh, uh, center fielder Caden Trenkel, and I think he was your ninth round draft pick just last year. And again, you know, not a not a name people paid a lot of attention to, but it seems like he's been a real spark plug atop that uh, Lansing lineup this year, getting on base, making things happen. Tell us a little bit about Caden Trankel and what you've had a chance to see out of him. Yeah, Trank uh, came to us last year in the draft and spent a little time in Arizona. Then we sent him to uh, Stockton. Now he's getting his first taste of high A. He's a good player, uh, not overly physical, you know, kind of a 5'9", 180 guy, but he's a good defender. He's a runner. He uses the field. Um, he's not a Judy with a bat. Every once in a while, the ball jumps off there. Uh, but he's got a way of putting good at-bats together and getting on base. Uh, nice little leadoff guy for uh, for where we're at right now. Yeah, it's good to see uh, just a kind of uh, under-the-radar guy, not a, not a top-five draft pick or anything, uh, making an impact in a, in a lineup the way he has in Lansing anyway. Uh, all right, before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you about a handful of guys at Stockton real quick. And I want, uh, wanted to start out with the guy who's probably been their best hitter in the early going, and that's outfielder Brian Buelvis, young Colombian outfielder. Uh, as you know, he spent last season at Lansing. He struggled a bit there, so now he's back in Stockton this year. Uh, where do you feel we're at with Brian Buelvis, and uh, do you feel he's learned something from that experience uh, last year at Lansing anyway? Well, I hope he's learning something from You know, he just really hasn't hit the last two and a half years. And, uh, you know, certain things just haven't changed. 
So a little bit was to shake him up a little bit and say, hey, you're still very, very young. You know, go back to your level where you actually did perform a little bit. And let's let's regroup and let's try to put this game back together. And uh, you know, if he keeps doing what he's doing, he's gonna he's gonna head back to Lansing at at some point. But you know, hopefully this is helping him, you know, gather himself a little bit and uh, put himself in the right frame of mind to improve himself and get better and try to get a little stronger. And his body really hasn't changed much since he was 18. He's he really hasn't gotten more physical and. Um, you know, th- th- these are all things that, that that need to happen as you start to grow up and age. And and so, you know, he's a guy that we're just trying to keep going and put him in the right place where he has a chance to perform. Uh, a couple guys in Stockton I wanted to be sure to ask you about are uh, two outfielders who were uh, uh, your third and fourth overall draft picks last year and that's Clark Elliott and Colby Thomas. Seems like they've both gotten off to pretty decent starts there at Stockton here this year. But tell me what you've seen out of Clark Elliott and Cody Thomas here in the early going. Well, you know, it took us a while to get Clark going, but he came here last year after the draft. He he jerked that hamstring. It was the longest hamstring rehab in baseball history, I think. So he didn't really even get going until about the first week or so of camp. But he's very hitterish. Um, he's got he's got some physicality to him. He can drive a ball. More everything he does currently is on the pull side of the field. So trying to you know get him to use you know the middle a little bit more. Uh, he's not a bad runner. Uh, not necessarily a center field skill set, but solid outfielder. Colby Thomas comes with a lot of juice. Uh, this guy the, the ball comes off his bat. It's got it's got natural uh, uh, carry to it. It's it's got natural uh, exit velos. Uh, understand how to control the strike zone a little bit. He's a little bit of a three swinger. Likes to swing early and often. Those kind of get in the way of having quality at bats. But uh, when it's all said and done, I expect him to put up decent numbers in Stockton, especially in that ballpark and. You know, I always said that there's no reason why he can't hit 20 homers there. Uh, and then before we go, I wanted to ask you about last year's second-round draft pick, uh, outfielder Henry Bolte. I believe he's just 19 years old. He's uh, just recently uh, joined Stockton, uh, getting his chance to uh, make his debut there for the Ports. Uh, I know he started out a little slow. Seems like he's been heating up a little bit lately. I believe you guys did a lot of work kind of reworking his swing, and, and now he's out there in Stockton. But tell me a little bit about what you see for uh, Henry Bolte. Yeah, with all the tools that young Henry has, you know, he's big, he's physical, he runs, he throws. You know, he's always come with a lot of swing and miss. He swung and missed a lot in high school. He swung and missed a lot in Arizona last year, and so that's the biggest thing. It's almost like we stuck him on that velo machine in spring training and says, you know, when you can start hitting this high velo machine, then we can go to work on on your move. So I thought it was a wise option to leave him in Arizona for a little bit, see how he did down there, and, uh, you know, the same with B.J. Cook, and then, you know, obviously we had some struggles with performance with Beltran and Montero and decided to make that flop. 
those guys coming up from Arizona and those guys going back to Arizona. So hopefully, you know, they, they get a taste of it and they put it together so far. They've held their own and uh, we'll just see how they go. They're both teenagers and, and, you know, it's, it's a hard gig, but you know, the expectation is not off the chart. The expectation is just to be competitive this first year and uh, hopefully they can. Yeah. Well, when you're drafted out of high school, at least you, you know, you've got some time with those guys. You're not expecting them to be overnight successes anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, it's always so much fun to watch these guys develop and, and progress. And, you know, as we know with the major league team, having its struggles, it's even, even more worthwhile to keep an eye on some of these guys down on the farm and see what promising developments that the future might hold. And uh, as always, we appreciate you taking the time out to talk to us and give us your insights on these guys coming down the pipeline for the A's. So uh, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us today, Grady. My pleasure, Billy. Thanks. And thanks to all of you out there for listening to this edition of our A's Farm podcast. Be sure to check back in for the next episode. And don't forget that you can always find updates on the A's top prospects and all the daily action in the A's minor league system on our A's Farm website at athleticsfarm.com. That's athleticsfarm.com. Thanks again. I'm A's Farm Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty, and we'll see you again down on the farm. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.